Hey, horror huns! Welcome back to our Scream-a-Palooza. That's what I'm gonna call it. Um, <laughs> it's your girl Meg, here with my friends. Hey, I'm the other co-host, B. Hey, I'm your host with the most, Spencer. Yeah, so Spencer's gonna be joining us, because we're gonna, like, cap off this uh, Scream franchise. We just thought that Maybe breaking it up a little bit would help. Yeah, there's got to be a sequel. There's always got to be a sequel. Um, <clears throat> and I'll just go ahead and apologize if I sound like shite today. Um, I have COVID, so uh, that's fun. But can't stop, won't stop recording. I was so excited to do this episode with you guys. I was like, I'm going to push through. The grind is real in your heart. It is there. It's real. The grind never stops for Scream. Like, truly. It doesn't. It does I not. sent you a voice memo V. Um, I went to Spencer's the other day to get a gift for somebody, and it was um like a Michael Myers cup, and I had a debate with the person who was selling me the uh, Michael Myers cup on who was better, Michael or Jason, and um, I ended up giving them one of our business cards, because I have cards cool. that have our QR code on them, and um, he was like, that was like, you were ready for that, Val said, they're a professional, like... Truly. Mm-hmm. More than I am. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just enjoying life. Okay, so we are going to talk about the last three movies in this installment, starting with Scream 4. So I have a little synopsis for you guys, and it's short and sweet, I promise you. Okay, so we're not going to be here till like 7, 8 o'clock my I time. I mean, we then. might be talking about Scream 4 because like I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it, but Scream mm. 4, it's been 10 years since Woodsboro's last bloodbath and 15 years since Billy and Stu stalked Woodsboro. Sydney Prescott returns on the last stop of her book tour, but her stay quickly turns deadly when a new ghost face dons the mask. And this masked killer is determined to have their five minutes of fame. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Like Scream 4 is like actually one of my favorite Scream movies. Like oh, yeah. I will not even hide the fact that I love this movie so much. I think it's super fun. It's almost uh, very nostalgic because it came out like when I was in high school. So watching it, it's like, yeah, like a little slice of life of not a slice of life. Uh, I wasn't in high school in Woodsboro, but. Uh, like looking at these teenagers in you know 2011 i'm like that's i grew up doing that that was fun i just love hayden panettiere like i have had such a girl crush on her since heroes like she is my girl i would ride and die for her dude like scream 4 gives us kirby and i don't know if i want to be kirby or if i want to fuck kirby like truly <laughs> she's like such a good character <laughs> um but i will say a lot of people do not like scream 4 like this movie gets pretty not good reviews um uh, but i think maybe it's the older audience like i feel like this movie resonates with people our age because this is like our scream movie this came out when we were all alive and we're already on the Scream bandwagon, so I'm glad mm. that you guys enjoy mm. it too. Yeah, I mean, well, there was. I think a lot of people disregard this film and don't like it because there was supposed to be three Scream movies and that was it. Mm -hmm. So then when Scream 4, you know, came about and was announced, people were like, do we really need another film? 
like it was supposed to be capped off at free like we have probably this discussion about like many of the franchises like did it need this sequel did it need that one this blah 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 you know the fun stuff um but i think screen four is a really really good addition and then it starts introducing us to these like past the torch kind of characters Mm -hmm. which doesn't really get fully established and properly done until the following film but that you can see that they're starting to sprinkle in that they want to bring in a new cast of characters Mm -hmm. to take on the torch from sydney gale and dewey yeah definitely and i (laughs) i will just say because i've seen a lot of discourse online about this intro I love the gotcha intro in this movie. Like, it's so silly, but, like, <laughs> it matches. The, 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 like, basically double fake out and then, like, the real kills, like, is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Because, obviously, it also feels like it makes up for, again, the next installment's film, mm. which we'll get into, but... <laughs> Do you like the intro of this one, Spencer? I, I like it. I So the first time I watched it, it just didn't click for me. Uh, I was like, this is kind of this is kind of bullshit. It, I, like, I, I, I got it, but I didn't get it, if that makes sense. I watched yeah, no. it, but I didn't see it. I feel you. No, but I like it. It's, it's definitely grown on me. Uh, I love all of the, uh, the actresses that are just in this intro alone. Uh, that's just a really fun part of like the genre in general. Yeah. I like this intro now, mind you, like it didn't, it didn't go too hard into the people that these characters actually knew, like their classmates that were killed, but it gave you just enough to like introduce you to Jill and Kirby and Olivia. But I think that one thing that I really, really like about this movie is it does continue Sydney's storyline and like she continues to be such a resilient character. Like, she's not vying for fame or attention from this book. Like, I feel like she is genuinely trying to help survivors. And, like, that's her way of healing and giving hope to other people. And, like, she doesn't want to be a victim. And I thought that that was a really good way to continue her storyline. Because we've seen where final girls just, like, crash and burn when Mm -hmm. their franchises get new installments. Yeah, it feels like she. It, it this was Sydney taking control of the narrative that was put mm-hmm. out about the killings. Yeah, she's owning it. Yeah, she's owning it, and obviously she sued the movie studio, so they couldn't use like her real life tragedies anymore. So like the scream six and the screams, uh, not the scream, the stab six and stab seven. Obviously, they had to like you know come up with their own stories. <laughs> That's probably why it. Be- like the little snippet of Stab Seven was so meta of them watching Stab Six. Isn't there a line in this movie where they're like they like went they did time travel or something in the Stab mm. movie? Yeah. <laughs> so like is Sydney basically being like, I'm sick of these fucks trying to tell my story and yeah. profit off it. I'm gonna say what really happened to me and how traumatic it was. Yeah, for sure. I like that she wrote a book about it also, because that's, everybody else has written books about her, and that is... Gail. Yeah, Gail. Uh, (laughs) It it is her owning that narrative, definitely, and getting her voice out there. Which, like, if Laurie Strode had done that, I don't think people would take her seriously, but Sydney has been through this shit. Very, you know, there are movies about it, to have this, you know, other form of media as her voice, I think, is, like, really powerful also. 
And it's interesting mm-hmm. that you bring up Laurie Strode because she's like one of my other favorite final girls. But like this film, Scream 4, stands out to me because of Sydney, because we don't see her like end up like Laurie, having this completely define her as a person. She's like, no, fuck that. And like, you see that when her publicist, Alison Brie, tries to kind of, like, get her to do that cash grab. Like, her oh, yeah. in this movie, like, she was so fucking annoying, but I love her. <laughs> I love the little uh, bits and pieces that try to string you along that maybe Alison Brie is a ghost face. I, I love that mm-hmm. misdirection. Mm-hmm. And it is so, like, the payoff is so sweet when she is not the ghost face when you find out. God, I love that scene. Oh my god, yes. But talking about a scene that we love, the first, like, true killing in this movie, holy fuck, Olivia's death scene is, I personally think, the most brutal death scene in the entire franchise up until this point. Like, I'll get into it more when we talk about the ghost face reveal, but, like, that scene was intense, dude. No, it's the goriest, I think, definitely, at that point. I mean, she was gutted. Yeah. Like, Ghostface painted the walls with her yeah. blood. And her friends had to sit there and watch it from the house across the street. I d- uh, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't do what Sydney did. Like, immediately run out to the house to next door. No, if, you, if the three of them had rushed to Ghostface, I think they could have taken down that little, that little Macaulay Culkin brother guy. <laughs> it it would have been pretty easy. I was going to say, well, you have to also think about it from the perspective of, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Scream 4. but Why like, are you listening J- to this podcast if you haven't yeah. seen Scream 4? <laughs> but, like, Jill knows what's about to happen, so, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't care, and Kirby's the one that's, like, on the phone trying to figure it out and thinks, like, oh, Ghostface is in the room with us, but psych Ghostface is not in the room with them they're actually in olivia's room Mm. but the thing that makes me love this scene so much more is that they're watching shawn of the dead Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) yeah i was like when i was re-watching this i was like me and v me and v right now yes but one of us may or may not be Ghostface. that's sus what are you trying to say v i ain't saying anything everybody's a suspect everyone's a suspect but I'm glad that you guys agree that this scene was, like, super intense because rewatching it back, I forgot that they literally showed her, like, entrails just coming oh, out. Yeah, I was it's like, gnarly. fuck. Yeah. You see the blood gush. He truly gutted her like a fish. 1,000%. Yeah. And the police, I'm sorry, the police in this movie, I, this movie I think is really interesting showing Dewey and Gail's relationship since now Dewey is the sheriff. Yes, and obviously when they filmed this, um, it is, you know, it starts off with Dewey and Gail still being together. And, like, it's the only screen film that we have that starts off with them, you know, still married, still together, and Gail absolutely hating her fucking life because she's in Woodsboro. Well, I think also, like, this movie tests their relationship so much because, like, Dewey doesn't really want Gail involved. And to an extent, I think that it's because he's trying to protect her. Like, he knows what Ghostface is about. So, like... I see where mm. he's coming, but, like, Gail's right. She did help solve these murders, you know? But, you like, it's, it's, he's not Deputy Doofy anymore. Like, Dewey is, he's the sheriff. He's a man now. And he wants he's to. He's a real man. He wants to provide. Um, 
and you know he he is very protective of Gale, and I feel like you can see that in any of the screen movies. Um, like he cares for her, so I I I see where Dewey's coming from mm. with that. Uh, you know, get the hell out of my way. Let me fix this. But also introducing Deputy Judy into this mix Deputy is just like Judy. She is so creepy in this film. <laughs> Like when she emerges from the shadows in um Jill's house to talk to <laughs> Sydney oh and just the light all of a sudden slowly revealing her face going, We were in a production of Peter Pan together. I was a lost boy. You were Tiger Lily. And it's like, okay, creep, calm down. <laughs> I thought that sh- like this character was a fun way to like reinvigorate Dewey's character because You kind of thought that Dewey was the bad guy at points in the previous Scream installment, so I thought that it was, like, a nice way to, like, recreate Dewey, but they actually had to recast this a couple of times, I think, because the people who were cast as Judy ended up dropping, like, a couple weeks before filming, and I I thought that whoever, I don't know the actress's name, but I thought that she played kind of love struck but also professional so well yeah she um had been in a one previous um horror film beforehand valentine and she was the final girl in that film so she really took on this role and you know you're supposed to be suspicious of her her name is marley shelton sheldon i don't know i'm gonna send her this podcast do it, please. <laughs> but like, can you tell me how you pronounce your names? I will say though that line that Gil spits at her that was like, "Your lemon bars taste like ass." Oh my god! <laughs> it's like you know she wanted Dewey so bad. Yeah, you blame her. No, no, no. Nine. I told you there's a turning point after Scream Three where I'm kind of like, "Hello." Where he's not Deputy Doofy anymore. No, he's he's a real man. He's a real man. You've just got a thing for older men. Let's just, just call it what it is. You're, you're into the dilfs. Let me just sip my tea quietly over here. <laughs> <laughs> now, we spoke on her character before, and we said that she was like, you could have thought was Ghostface, but um, Sydney's publicist, her death scene mm. made me literally scream at my television. Like, I got so annoyed with her character because she, we get that gara- parking garage scene where she gets in the car and the car doesn't work and she what does she do she gets out of her car mm-hmm. after she's already received a call from ghostface that says if you wanted to be in the hospital i'd be happy to put you there in the morgue it's like in what world would you be like yeah it's safe to get the fuck up out of my yeah. car right now and like you have self service just call anyone quite literally anyone But, like, imagine getting fired and then getting, like, brutally murdered in the same night. Like, that must suck. (laughs) Yeah, but she kind of fucking deserved it because, like, when we first, like, really properly see her, she's on the phone. She's like, yeah, two girls have been murdered. It's great. She didn't didn't read Sydney's book. And that's, like, I don't know, the disrespect. I I like that scene a lot, though, because, like, have you guys been at a parking garage at night? It's terrifying. It's scary. I'm so it is. scared. Yeah, that's a it's a very effective setting for that scene. Yeah, as a woman being in like a dark parking garage, very scary. So like I understand, but also I thought that this was really reminiscent of Cece's death from um Scream 2 oh, because definitely. like 
she's like stabbed a bunch of times and then pushed off of a building. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, when she landed on that truck in front of that press conference. In the middle I... of the press conference. <laughs> like, what a fucking mm. intro, dude. Now I will say, the high schoolers in this movie, out of any of the films, I feel like I would have probably been friends with Robbie and Charlie. As fucked up as that was, their film club was actually kind of cool. No, I get it. They give me great vibes. Charlie does give incel vibes, like, I I won't lie, but, like, Robbie was kind of fun, how he filmed everything. I know, I love that, and that was, like, before there were, not before there were vloggers, but, like, that was, like, right at the time when that was getting big. I felt like that was uh, a little bit ahead of its time with, uh, you know, posting your entire life online. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, fun fact. So there was actually a guy that did twenty-four hour live stream his life. Like he actually put a web camera, yeah, on his hat. (laughs) No. Um. But he he did it so often that it actually became the company that we know as Twitch. Oh wait, really? That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's how Twitch started. Is a guy basically did what he did, put a web like a webcam on his hat or like a video camera that live streamed 24 hours of the day and just basically followed his life and then yeah i think his name was like tom something what if he had to take a shit this is now a twitch episode yeah but i just like wanted to say like that's where the inspiration i think of that what came from is the creation of twitch i think they even mentioned that in the movie because this came out in 2011 they're like who's doing this like who's watching this and he's like, I actually like have viewers, which is yeah, it's like very parallel to real life, you know, yeah. happenings of Twitch. People are like, oh, who would want to sit and watch someone live stream like from their bedroom or like their life? It's so weird. Who would want to sit and listen to people talk about horror movies? I know, right? Who would want to do, do that? Now, I will weird. say, I don't think that their characters necessarily worked for the Randy recreation. Like that was kind of like fell flat for me i feel like it definitely should have been kirby mm-hmm. yes kirby should have been our stand-in for randy they just didn't have like enough pizzazz as much as i liked the character of robbie like he just didn't he didn't do enough for me i, I don't even think it's pizzazz i think they needed more charisma yeah they weren't jamie kennedy no yeah like they did they didn't give me what randy gave me which is you could tell he was passionate by the way he's like everyone's a suspect all right guys here's the rules you know like literally involuntarily giving this information to people who did not care now i did like that gail had to like kind of go for them go to them for help um because she was like a bunch of nerds like what the hell She's desperate. She was desperate in this movie. Like, she couldn't find a way in. And those twerps were, like, her only way in. Especially when they talk about Stabathon. And I will say, Stabathon looks mm. like my kind of place. Like, find me the fuck up. Oh, it looks hella fun. Like, I would be going. Like, uh, me too. But, like, it's an undisclosed location. Okay, with the big fucking sign. Mm. Stabathon with all the ghost face merchandise all around. <laughs> yeah. Undisclosed location, my fucking ass. Well, imagine if you were like out in like I don't know the middle of a farm or like a wooded area, and then there was just this house that had a bunch of stabathon shit. I'm gonna just walk into their house. I was about to say, would you go in? Because I definitely would. 
curiosity killed the cat and I hope it kills me. <laughs> At the Stabathon, it was good old Gail putting her um, cameras in place just like in Scream 1. Classic Gail. Oh, the way... No, it was when she was like wearing the ghost <laughs> mask. Oh, and she just and took she it off. Like, <laughs> she's so silly. Again, Gail serving cunt part four. Like truly, like she is such a bad bitch. Now, I was gripped watching this movie for the first time because I thought that Gail was a goner in this scene. Oh, it's tense. Mm, yes. But at this point, I didn't even, I didn't think that she would be a goner because at this point, no, none of our true legacy characters have been killed. We didn't know that that could happen technically in this movie, but like Ghostface got her and nobody else was around to witness it. I think doesn't Dewey end up coming in because he figured out where she was. But like, still, I don't understand why after four movies, none of these people no stranger danger the buddy system like you always got to have a friend with you Mm -hmm. oh but it's gail like she wants the story so badly that she would put herself in jeopardy and you know she's jaded she's jaded with dewey at this point she wants to prove that she can do this and without his help i don't know i don't know ma'am but i do i will say that i love that when the stabathon got busted because, like, Ghostface was literally slashing people. They were just like, yeah, we're gonna just continue to party at Curvy's. Like, whose fucking response is that? Like, oh, somebody almost got killed at this other party. Let's go have another fucking party. Well, we kind of see, like, a parallel to that in the next installment as well, don't we? Yeah, we do. So, like, at the same time, you've got to look at it like they're, they're teenagers. Like, it's always the fucking party They want to get their rocks off. Yeah. They would do anything to, like, party. So, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if anyone's getting murdered. And these guys, like, attended a, a stabathon in the middle of a, you know, a murder spree that's happening in their town. They don't really care. Exactly. No. Any excuse to party, right? I guess. I mean, fuck. <laughs> fuck, dude. You're right. But I love that we, like, almost every party scene that we get in Scream, it's like, Everyone in this room, I mean, I know that's the whole point and we keep saying everybody's a suspect, but like in that room, I felt like this party scene, because it was so much more intimate than the other party scenes that we've had Mm -hmm. up until this point, that it was just like you at this point, I couldn't tell who Ghostface was. And they really got you thinking that it was Justin, Jill's boyfriend, who just like ended up showing up at the party. That's a really good misdirect. I really, I really like that misdirect in this, uh this movie because you know we want we want it to be the boyfriend we we think it's gonna be the boyfriend so we think spencer um i know we talked about this in the other one um but on the first uh screen movie you see clerks um at Stu's house and in Mm. this one you see clerks too at kirby's house and i'm like even more reason for me to be in love with kirby kirby's just great she is such an angel on this earth but she has got questionable taste in men V, coming from you, I mean... I mean, I'm on my Pedro Pascal train at the moment, so don't look at me like that. Girl, you and everyone else. Like, God, he's so good looking. But in this scene, Robbie's death, I quite literally think this is the funniest death in the entire franchise, because he's like, you can't kill me. I'm gay. I'm gay. Like, do we really think that he's gay? Mm, It's very questionable, because there is no hints to it at all throughout the film so i don't know if he was just saying it to be like 
make them feel like they're doing a hate crime or something. Well, if his rules were correct, V, that means that we would survive a horror movie. Sorry, Spencer. It'll be okay. You're done. You're done. I deserve it at this point. (laughs) In this scene, too, we see, like, a callback to Scream 1 where Charlie is tied up outside and Kirby has to play a game with Ghostface. Yeah, oh my god. But, like, one of my issues with that scene is when the lights go out, you can still see in the dark. It's not going to be, like, pitch black. You can still see outside. I mean, you don't know. Like, if I turn my outside lights off sometimes, I can't see outside. Do you have your glasses on? Yes, bitch, I have my glasses what if, on. What if Kirby forgot her contacts that day? She was in a rush. Maybe. The issue that I have in this scene is when Ghostface doesn't even finish their question and Kirby just is naming every scary movie that she could possibly think. Oh my god. God, that would be me. Oh, no, it wouldn't be me because I would go, uh, yeah, exactly. everything has just gone out of my brain. Like, I can't name a single thing at the moment. Well, no, and it's... I, I don't do well with pressure. I love it because it's it's every every remake at the time. Um, And that was like, this movie came out in 2011. Uh, what well, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was 2009 or 10. And then the Friday the 13th, the Hall- Rob Zombie's Halloween. That's all that was coming out. There, there were not sequels anymore. It's remakes of movies that had, you know, six or seven sequels already. Yeah. That's what made Scream a little... Scream 4 is a little bit different because it was just a direct sequel when everything else was a remake. Yeah. No, that's definitely a good point. I, th- I think because... The, the reason why, like, the parallels are pretty drawn in this film is because of the length of time between the last film and that film. Yeah, we had 10 years in between. Um, so it's it's a whole new audience watching Definitely. Scream movies, just like how I commented earlier. Like, this is our Scream movie because we were alive when this came out. So it's a whole different group of people. And one thing that mm-hmm. you brought up about remakes is a lot of people don't like the filter that's used on this movie. Uh. But I will say, if you go back and watch a bunch of movies from the 2010s... Oh, yeah, they help, they all have the same filter. The grease filter. Mm-hmm. This is, I feel like that was just a, a meta thing that they were doing in that movie because all of the remakes look like absolute dog shit at that okay. point in time. You know my biggest problem with this movie? And it's it's just a little thing that makes me what? like shake my fist at Wes Craven. Uh-oh. This movie doesn't have Red Right Hand in it. It's the only movie in the series that doesn't copyright have Copyright issues. It. Yes, that, it's because of copyright, copyright issues. issues huh. So they couldn't use it. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is the only screen movie that doesn't feature Red Right Hand, and it's because of copyright um, issues. So I totally feel you. And just add the song in somewhere. (laughs) Please do. But we see Kirby get stabbed, and everybody is like, oh my fucking god, no. But the ghost face reveal in this movie is my favorite beside the original. We see that Incel Charlie just wants to be loved by Jill, but his fatal mistake is believing that Jill is not a psychopath. All she gives a shit about is fame. That's Sydney's cousin, and basically she's tired of living in Sydney's shadow. She doesn't give a fuck about him. She's doing this for her, and I I think that this motive out of really any of the motives that we've seen makes the most sense a hundred percent and it's like he learned nothing from his predecessors either like 
Billy portrayed Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Loomis portrayed what's his face. Mickey. Yeah. Obviously, Roman did it by himself, which you know. Kudos to that guy. <laughs> yeah, kudos to that guy. <laughs> um, so like he didn't learn from like the previous ghost face that you do not trust your partner in crime because they will betray you. Well, does he think of himself as the uh, as the Billy in that situation? Like, how does how does how does he view himself? That's a good. He's definitely the stew. But does he does he see himself as a stew? That's a really good point, Spencer. Or does he see himself as a Roman, maybe? Who, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? This guy is an incel. Yes, I don't think Mm -hmm. that his motive is as good as Jill's, but I give him props in the Ghostface category for being the most intense Ghostface that we have seen, because he's the one that gutted Olivia. Oh, definitely. Uh huh. He's got some rage in there. He does. He definitely does. And I will say, he's the sexiest ghost face. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like the I like the character of Charlie because it is uh it's almost a commentary on like I don't know the incel culture was not as prominent in media in 2011, mm-hmm. but it, in the last you know 10 15 years it's been just you know ramping up. I feel like we see a story about an incel shooting up a school or a store or something every other day, and like this. You know, that got it right on the nose the first time. This guy wanted to kill people because he, he you know, he was sad at himself or some shit. Yeah. And, like, the other movies touch on that more and more. Like, it, I'll talk about Scream 5 next, but uh, I really like how, like, that kind of goes into that also. Charlie definitely does give, like, school shooter vibes. Oh, like definitely. He looks like one. I feel like he actually cared about Kirby more than he liked Jill. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like he, like... Loki genuinely likes her, but she's also like showing him actual attention, whereas Jill, I think, is just using him clearly. Oh, That's probably why he didn't go hard on her. Oh, yeah. Like we saw previous kills. He only stabbed her once in like the side of her like gut. Like, that's not a kill, not and he probably knew that. Yeah, I will just say the scene. Where Jill thinks that she has won is unfucking matched. Yes, Billy and Stu stab each other, but like she stabs herself when she sent herself through that glass table. Like, oh God. Oh my God. I think that three minute long sequence is probably one of the best in Scream history because you get to see how methodical her thinking is through this to make herself look like a martyr. Mm -hmm. She wants it that bad that she's hurting herself to this extent. Yeah, and the way she poses herself, like... Next to Sydney, just like Sydney. Like, it is so interesting to watch it because you really get an insight proper insight as to her thinking and the way she is throughout in the like first writings of this movie she was supposed to live like it was supposed to be a cliffhanger where jill won and we didn't know if sydney made it through which is insane because Kevin Williamson wrote Scream 4, but because he was having so many issues with the Weinsteins, they had Aaron Kruger, who did Scream 3, come back to do rewrites. So I low-key wonder Mm -hmm. if her in the hospital scene was originally in Kevin Williamson's script, or if it was a rewrite that Kruger did. 
It was a rewrite. So basically when we see her get stretched off into the ambulance, it was supposed to end like or like then. And the next one was supposed to be June with um an in um an amnesiac Sydney not remembering that Jill was a ghost face killer. Oh shit. So that was supposed to be like the next scream, but obviously they did the rewrites and then they added the hospital scene at the end. Did you guys like the hospital scene? I actually really, I quite enjoyed it, especially because we get very iconic lines from uh, Gail and Sydney. I thought that it was different in the best way possible. Yeah, no, it, it's oh, yeah. like, I think everything, it makes up for everything I didn't like about the, the final act of the third movie, honestly. Oh, really? It feels like uh, Sydney versus a family member that's actually personal this time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think I would have been more upset if they stuck to the original plan and didn't have that hospital scene because we get the interaction of Jill and Dewey and her going, if I was to ever write a book, I would want to write it with her because, you know, we've got, like, matching wounds. It was when he went to Gil's room and he had that, like, oh, shit look on his face when he realized, like, how did she know about Gil's yeah, because- injuries? Gay was like she was stabbed in the arm, like in the, the whatever area, and she was like, "How did she know that?" And he was just like, "Light bulb moment, shit, <laughs> she's a ghost face." This is why Gail and Dewey work so well together because where Gail lacks, Dewey makes up, and where Dewey lacks, Gail makes up. Exactly. So like they should have just worked together throughout the whole film because yeah, but. My question, though, is does this hospital have any fucking staff members? Like, we, there was screaming. No, none of the hospitals ever have but, staff. Well, I think they put them on their own floor, right? I don't know if that was this one or if it was Scream 5 where they did oh, that. Oh, maybe I'm thinking Scream 5 where they say that. But there's no staff either way. Yeah. Like, they probably went on strike because they don't get paid enough. Also, when Dewey gets hit with that bedpan. <laughs> Just like, smack, smack, Bonk. smack, smack. <laughs> I love that she got taken out um, with the defibrillator. Like, that was just so fun, uh-huh. dude. Just the way that girl's, like, clear. She's like, what? And then Sydney just pops up and goes, clear. Oh, it was chef's kiss moment. It was so silly. It was fun. And I just, I just thought that for the end scene, like, I love that that's how Jill was taken out. And obviously then we get like the line from uh, Sydney as well going, you forgot one thing about remakes. Oh. Don't mess with the original. And it was just like, oh, sick bird, sick bird. Yeah, it's such a hard line. It's so good. <laughs> it goes so hard. I thought that it was so good that she was taken out in a room with all the legacy characters working together to do it. I thought that that was so good. This was Wes Craven's last movie that he ever directed before he sadly passed away a couple years later. And I think that it was a good one. Um, It's one of my favorite Scream movies, and I know that he stood behind it because he was not going to come back to direct another Scream movie. He said, unless it matched the original Scream movie. And I thought that how meta this film was, how brutal the kills were, and how, like, you really could not tell who Ghostface was. I just, I fucking love Scream 4. And I know that he did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to know the kill count? Yeah. Please. So this is the most people killed within a Scream film. 
Ooh. 14 people were God killed. Damn. Five men, nine women. Ooh. This is like a very heavy woman kill because the previous films, the previous three, we had two women, four women, four women. And then all of a sudden it just jumps up to nine and it's like, shit. Like, that's a lot of women got killed. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. But yeah, the most, most kills we got. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about Scream 4, but are you guys ready to talk about the requel so scream 5 it takes place uh, about a decade after scream 4 and 25 years after scream 1 the town of woodsboro is struck by a a new ghost face who has a new set of rules uh i really like this opening scene i don't know what you guys think of it i'm excited to hear your takes uh v let's start with you (laughs) okay call out I think it was definitely different, obviously, because we didn't get the traditional, like, you know, opening kill. Spoiler, obviously, if you haven't seen Scream 2022 or slash Scream 5. And the way it pays homage to the first Scream as well with um Tara, you know, in her kitchen, playing with the knives, being on the phone. But also it was like a very nice modern take as well, like with, you know, the security on her phone, the texting, and, you know, with her looking up um, stab, like, cast lists on basically the equivalent of IMDb. It was, I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, we didn't, you know, get our traditional either stab killing or a scream killing. But I think to get that new audience in, it definitely worked, I think. I completely agree with what you said. It was definitely a different opening because there wasn't a kill in this scene. Ghostface did not win in the opening scene. Tara survived, but Jenna Ortega's work in that opening scene is so good. Oh my so god. Strong. She is so good in this. She's so stellar. It solidified her character in the first few minutes. Um, and I really, really, I dig this opening scene a lot. No, I, I, I personally love it. I, uh, I think it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie and it kind of sets up the ghost faces for the rest of the movie because these ghost faces are kind of fucking dumb. I think these are probably the dumbest ghost faces we have in the, in the franchise and that they, they fail at the first kill, which I'm going to blame Richie for that one. I don't like that guy. Mm, the way we see Richie throughout the film to the reveal his demeanor as well we obviously get to it but like the switch when it's revealed it's actually actually terrifying but yeah obviously after we get Hara's stabbing we then get introduced to our new main girl we get Sam Sam. Samantha she works at a bowling she works at a bowling alley she's a she's a you know a character do you guys like Sam Okay, well, this is hard for me to, like, comment just on Scream 5 yeah. without, like, having Scream 6 sway. And so, luckily, yeah. I wrote my my synopsis, like, in my feel- feelings for 5 before I saw Scream 6. But in 5, Sam just felt flat to me. Like, yeah. I don't think that she, that her character was really written to be memorable. I don't really think that it was well acted to be quite honest with She's you. She's very cold the whole movie. Yeah, like I thought that they underwrote a role that's supposed to technically live up to Sydney Prescott and it just she didn't feel like fill her shoes I thought. Like I just thought she was there. Yeah, I remember when 
this this came out last year yes last year um and me and meg discussed the performance we were both just we just absolutely hated sam like we did not like her obviously now with like the new scream well to get into that but (laughs) but when this came out it was just like i did not like aspects to this character and i made it very clear um when it came out that spoiler alert i did not like the big reveal of sam's character i i i think it's kind of weak honestly um the big reveal is weird that that it is uh you know, Sam is Billy's daughter. Um, but I, I had to remind myself that Roman being Sid's brother is also kind of fucking weird and kind of fucking lame. And that it's kind of the yeah. tone for the series at this point. They can get away with that. Yeah, but at the same time, Roman was like the mysterious sibling of Sydney that was never known about. Whereas, you know, this was like, a, you know, Sam's mom had an, an affair with Billy and got pregnant and basically trapped tara's dad into marrying her by lying so obviously i don't even think billy knew he had a kid Mm. i would like to comment on um (laughs) the fact that sam had these visions of billy that to me like we talked about it briefly in our last episode about how sydney had visions of maureen in Scream 3, but that was when Sydney was, like, already an established character in the franchise. Mm -hmm. But I just really kind of wish that they had, like, taken that part out of the movie. Like, it just felt stupid and, like, low-key cringe to me. Mm. I think either take it out or they should have written it differently. Because the Billy we saw was not as sadistic as we the Billy we knew. Uh, Yeah, it didn't feel like the same Billy. No. He's felt more toned down and he was like so like, oh, you're just like your papa, like you are my child. And it's like, why would he be acting? I don't think he would be mm-hmm. acting that way. His lines feel very forced and very overwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like cringe. And it feels like it was added in later. Well, he shot all of his skeet, shot all of his scenes like like within a day. Like one of the last days of filming, he did all of his bits on a green screen on the last day. Of course. Mm. So it that's probably why it felt so disjointed when in those scenes is because they weren't done at the time of probably those films being those scenes being filmed and him having to do it against a green screen. Hey, on the subject of filming something in a day, V, I know that you are a big fan of Dead Meat. Did you know they had a, po- uh, a cameo in the movie before you saw yeah. it? I did not know. So when it like came on the screen, I was like, oh my God, it's James and Chelsea. No, so I, I freaked <laughs> like, out in the theater. I, I was with my best friend Alice, who I saw, you know, Screen 6 with last night and when it came on i she has no fucking clue who dead meat is like not an absolute donkey so i was just sat there going oh oh, oh my god and she's like what and i was like you won't get it you won't get it well if dead meat has a cameo i think that um last podcast on the left deserves a cameo in scream seven after their poster in scream six or you guys (laughs) should cameo in it I don't think we're that established yet, but that would be nice. That would be nice <laughs> if it was like them covering the murders. Yeah, that'd be chaotic. That would be cool. They need it. They need to do a more true crime heavy r- route with the movie because America's obsessed, Maybe. and it's just like 
Nah. We use true crime for content now. You bring up a point because these this requel is written and directed by Radio Silence, which so <laughs> V is super excited about it. They're the company behind Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. They had a part in VHS, but I feel like these movies are a little bit more serious. Oh, definitely. The, the they're still meta. But it's not meta in the same way that it's Scream goes to Hollywood. You know, it's meta in the way that, like, there's a stab subreddit. I don't know if you guys use Reddit a lot, but, like, I, over the, you know, since I've been in high school, I've been on Reddit a lot. Uh, and the Scream subreddit is actually super fucking cool. I've been on there the past couple of years, and people post fan art and uh, fan films and stuff like that. It's really cool. If you guys haven't checked that out, uh, check that out sometime. It's really fun. But, uh, like, during the filming of this, Jack Quaid made a uh, Reddit account. And, like, I, I have gone back and I found the threads with his account and I've seen his comments where he's getting into character, he's making comments and asking questions as, you know, this Richie character on the Scream subreddit. And, uh, you know, his character in the movie met his girlfriend on the Stab subreddit. I love little shit like that so much. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Jack, it's, it's cool. a fan of Last Podcast on the left. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Sorry. Well, well, I mean... <laughs> We kind of we kind of get that in you know Scream Six, but before we move on, along with the cameo of Deb Meat, we also get two other cameo sort of things. So the film they're talking about in um the little cameo for Deb Meat is Stab Eight, and the voice of like the ghost face in that little clip is Matthew Lillard. Oh, Ooh. that's fun. And in that scene, isn't that where Kirby's shown? Mm-hmm. Yes. That is the second part, yeah. So then we also get the confirmation Kirby that Kirby survived. What? That's crazy. What? It's not like she's got a no kill clause in her contracts. What? Period, Hayden Panettiere. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about, girly. What? Suspense? She secured the job. She really did. And they so they bring back uh, Kirby for that little bit. Uh, they bring back Judy, and she is now the, the sheriff in Woodsboro. Which I think is a really good progression for her character. That's a character that didn't need to show back up, but I love that they included her so much because that just, you know, solidifies that this is a this is a series. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> Judy and Wes deserved better. Holy fuck, they that did. death scene had me on the oh. edge of my seat. Oh she my seemed God. like such a good mom. I love her ghost face call so much. When he asks, "What's your favorite oh scary God. movie?" I prefer animated musicals or some yeah, shit and musicals. that's so funny yeah animated and musicals and then when he's like that's what my mom would say oh so, yeah <laughs> and he like, then mentions about west as soon as he mentions west those sirens were on and she did an illegal u-turn and you did not expect ghostface to pop out when she was no. running up those stairs you think it's gonna Holy be psycho shit. you think he's gonna get you know stuck in the shower no, that's that's such a good little reveal right there. You 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 don't think it's the person running to the other person for help who's gonna get who's gonna get stabbed. It turns that on his head. Yeah, I think in this film, most definitely has the most heart wrenching, gut wrenching kills Deaths, yeah. of characters because we obviously know a couple of them from previous films. And then obviously we got Wes, who's like a homage to Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. And that was a brutal killing, like seeing God, it, it go straight through his jugular. Oh, oh it my was God. a simple kill, but the way it was done with the special effects. Uh, but talking about sad and brutal deaths, 
this movie gives us a really fucking sad death. I cried. The lead up to that is one of my favorite scenes. It's what it's what makes Scream Five one of my favorite in the franchise. I love that hospital scene so much. It's so tense. It's so brutal. I'm so scared for Tara the whole time, watching her, you know, just fragilely try to hide around the hospital from this just probably like the scariest thing in the world. You can't imagine what's going through her head. This person that almost killed her is back and is trying again and you are not, you know, you can't get away. I think that Dewey's new reality after him and Gail not working out and just seeing how Dewey is now, still longing for a relationship with Gail, he's like almost to the point where he's crippled because of his injuries throughout the movies. He is drinking. I mean, it almost makes his demise harder to bear because you know that he has gone through so much and like we see him die and it's just so fucking sad. Like Dewey in this movie is so sad. It hurts. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to do it, it right does. this time. You know, he goes back to, to do it right. Double tap. But I think one of the most heart-wrenching things about this all is we did not get a final scene with Dewey and Sydney. Mm. Mm. That's tragic. That made my heart very sad. I don't I don't know if I didn't like it or I didn't care for how they utilized or have utilized Sydney in these newer ones. It's like you should have just written her out if you were going to write her out. You know what I'm saying? Like she felt underutilized in Scream 5 for me. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to come back for Scream 5. But That's what Radio I'm Silence. Yeah, Radio Silence wrote her a letter um basically saying how West changed her life and how much they admire him and stuff like that because she didn't want to come back because Wes was gone. She didn't want to be a part of Scream if Wes wasn't going to be there. And with Radio Silence basically being like, we we loved Wes. Like, we appreciated what he did. He inspired us to that, that sort of thing. And so she saw their passion for his work. So that's probably what made her sign on to do Scream 5. We love Wes so much, but we're not going to pay you what you deserve for the next movie. I don't think that's Radio Silence, though. I think that is the studio doing that. I understand that. But, like, if you're making a movie and you want somebody in your movie, if you're creating that movie, yeah, you are going to find that And it's not like Scream 5 didn't make a lot of money, because it did. Exactly. They did, but they also didn't have as big of a budget as previous Scream films. Which is, which made it make more money, but it's like, if you genuinely wanted her so badly, take a fucking pay cut. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I don't know, that part about Scream 6 bothers me, but um, we can get into that later. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, they, they end up at, at Amber's house, which... Uh, this is that's one of my favorite things about Scream Five. Also, I really like this last scene, this uh, this house party that's going on at Amber's house because uh, it it's the just more free. poetry. You know, it is Scream One's final scene. Yeah, so they obviously had to go to ta- um to Amber's house because Tara didn't have an inhaler. Sam wasn't gonna turn all the way back to go get an inhaler with Amber's house being on the way to them leaving. It was like the perfect setup to get Richie, Sam, and Tara all in the same place with Amber. Yeah, and we see these people that are Tara's friends. Um, 
Mindy and Chad at this party. So they're twins. I love the twins. I was about to say, and they are Randy's um, niece and nephew. Um, And I thought that, I think how we talked about in Scream 4, them not having a good Randy character, they made up for it so much by having Mindy because Mindy is like (sighs) my favorite fucking character almost from anything ever. Like she's so good. Mm -hmm. I did like Chad in this one, but I like Chad more. In screen, yeah, six, watching him grow, but we'll obviously get into that. I think that. His name is Chad, yeah, <laughs> but like twins are just my one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. of Scream 5. Like, I adore them so much, especially the scene <laughs> of Mindy on the couch, yes, watching the stab movie. But before that, we obviously see Chad outside. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's intense. He, yeah, that guy is stuck like a cushion, oh. yes, and we can get in that into that more in the next movie but yeah when she's like behind you behind you oh my which God. is a callback to Did jamie that, kennedy's character in scream one and she turns around and ghost faces right there i was like if you fucking kill mindy right now i'm gonna be pissed oh yeah 100%. i do think at some point one of the twins will again we will get into that in the next um in the next uh in the next talk, 30 but minutes yeah i <sighs> How do you feel about the, this ghost face reveal? Um, Amber's reveal was quite good when she, when, um, what's her face was like, I, I'm not ghost face. And she's like, I know. And pulls out a gun and like straight up shoots her in the fucking head and goes, welcome to act three. And it was like, oh shit, that's that. I like that. I like that a lot. But like Richie's reveal, I did not enjoy. I think that I liked Richie's reveal more than Amber's. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought that he had um, a better motive than Amber. I don't know. I just, I liked him more as a ghost face than I liked Amber. But they both had the same motive because they met on the stab subreddit. So they had the exact same motive. I understand that. But like him dating Sam, having it be a callback reference to Billy, I thought that that was cooler than Amber being friends with Tara. I think that's just how they got close, though. I mean, what do you think, Spencer? What do you think about these two I think faces? these ghost faces are, like I said earlier, I think they're definitely the dumbest. I think I think Richie is just so up his own ass that he wants to be Billy Loomis so fucking bad. I don't know. I think he, I think he is just a little whiny incel Reddit 4chan fucking loser that, you know, he wants to make his movie. You know, one of my favorite parts about this movie is it's about the toxic fan base. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I have been in like all of the Star Wars shit for, for years. Um, I went to the last Jedi opening night. I have seen that toxic fan base like firsthand. Um, so this movie being about toxic fan bases and then like explicitly like referencing Ryan Johnson at points in the movie. Uh, I just love that so much because I don't know. It's like in an age of like Rick and Morty fans jumping on top of fucking tables at oh. McDonald's say something about it. like. It's it's getting worse, and Scream pointing that out. I think the horror com- community can definitely be toxic. Um, any fan base oh, yeah. can definitely turn toxic. Uh, you know, people just get so obsessed when they want what they want so bad. Making this, you know, this whiny little, I don't know, this little bitch boy a ghost face. You know, he's bad at it. He's not a good ghost face. They didn't succeed in the first kill. And then, you know, he just has, he has his girlfriend kill Dewey. 
you know, you have someone mm-hmm. else come mm-hmm. play the C character. I don't. Yeah. I, well, he couldn't. He really couldn't because he was there at the hospital. So that would have kind of yeah made him a suspect if he was just like miraculously gone. You know. But I thought that Amber's kill scene was fucking oh, crazy. Man. It's so good. It's just the parallels as well to like the first one when she's like blaming like the films and stuff like that again with like you know you go back to Bill and Stu and they're just like no don't blame the films the films didn't do this to us it's the fight with her and the two legacy characters as well like uh the tag team of Gale and Sydney was just it's good it has some really cheesy dialogue yeah during that scene yeah but it's it's very fun but... I really like when when they get the upper hand and she starts begging and pleading and it's like now you realize that this is real. It almost felt like she didn't realize the gravity of the situation until that very moment when she did not have the upper hand. I don't even think that she had, like, she was the realization of the gravity of the situation. I think she is psychotic because when they said something to her, she just instantly switches and she's yeah. like, yeah, and I fucking enjoyed it sort of thing. Like, I think she was, like, doing the begging and pleading to try and, like, get the upper hand again you also have to think that uh richie groomed her oh definitely too she's a high schooler and richie's like an older character so them being like together is in and of itself toxic 100 percent. i don't know i just felt like these ghost faces weren't the best i liked some of the characters that they introduced but i don't know this movie didn't hit right for me i think yeah i think the motive was weak i have you guys read the book The Final Girl Support Group by by Grady Hendrix? I haven't. No. It's Not really yet. fucking good. I really like Grady Hendrix. He does some really fun horror books. Go buy his books in yeah. stores. I don't know. You guys should read that and then rewatch Scream 5 and it's just like I've got the audiobook. That I've just not listened to it. That's it's just Final Girl Support Group is a better Scream 5. Mm. That I don't I think you guys should listen to that and then watch Scream 5 and you'll see like I don't know. Go read that book. Interesting. V, do you have a kill count for Scream 5? Because it felt like nobody died in this movie. Oh, there was one person who died that was really cool. The uh, the motherfucker, was his name Vince? The, when they use Red Right Hand, that's what a, that's the best use of Red Right Hand oh, in the series. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I like that little scene, even though it's a character that's not super established in the movie. They tie him in as being uh, Stu's nephew, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that use of Ghostface turning red right hand on his uh on his car radio. I thought that was a really fun little touch because that is this is you know, this guy has seen the movies. He probably has this on a Spotify playlist and connected his fucking phone to the Bluetooth to kill this guy to this song. Yeah. His tattoos were also um little Easter eggs to Wes Craven's work. Oh cool. So he had um he had a uh oh my god the oh my god words have just left my brain uh nightmare on elm street a tattoo sank about red eye um like a few of them he also had like a friday 13th tattoo which i think was also supposed to be like um not carrie what's the stephen king car book christine 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 so yeah i think like that was also yeah. yeah, I was gonna say this is um, Vince is played by is it Kyle Gallner? Gallner? Did yes. I say that right? I don't know. Um, and he's like a scream king. So uh, oh yeah, he was in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I think he's in Twilight. He was in um, he's in he's uh, in Smile Haunting Smile. of Connecticut. 
Yeah. In smile. Yeah, he's in if a he's lot not of in shit. Twilight, so. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Fact check. Should have been there. But yes, I do have a kill count. It is the second to least amount of kills we've had. We've had eight people killed in total in Scream 5. Five men, three women. So we've gone back down in the amount of women that were killed. Interesting. That's, that's fun. fun. Um, <laughs> that's fun. So before we get into Scream 6, we wanted to talk about um, spoiler culture. Yeah, because we're going to do um, our best <laughs> to do a spoiler-free review of Scream 6. If one of us wants to say something that has a bit of a spoiler, we definitely will warn you, but spoiler culture around Scream 6 has been a big talk of discussion because holy shit. I mean, the spoiler culture in general around Scream, as we've seen with the previous, like, it was Scream, Scream 2 and 3. Yeah, like, their scripts were leaked, so they had to, like, change it and, like, be really secretive about who's going to be Ghostface. Um, I think we spoke about it maybe a couple of episodes ago about the dub work for Scream 6 getting leaked online by one of the dubbers. Then, obviously, there were some early showings of Scream 6 as well, so people started posting, you know, um, end credit scenes, who the ghost face are, who gets killed, all this stuff, and it's just like, let people actually have time to watch the films before you start going out and spitting like this is this and this is that oh my god i can't believe this was the person that was revealed as this like just let people enjoy things yeah and like if you go back to uh scream two and three they changed the original endings like the director changed their fucking vision and like what they wanted because you fucking ruined it i have a quote from wes craven where he said all you little fuckers out there that think that's really cute fucking ruined our next three months. <laughs> uh, talking about Scream 2's production. I mean, he has a point, but I will continue to say I definitely feel like it is the younger fan base typically that does the spoilers. It's like, you guys, I know that you're younger, but like, you should fucking know better. Especially around a horror movie. Not every single thing needs to be tweeted about, posted on Reddit. Like, you need to just keep some things to yourself. Like, have like a week or two of self-control and then decide that you want to talk about it or post like fucking TikToks of you filming in the cinema. Which also really pisses me off. Why are you filming in the cinema? Don't ruin it for people. Like... (laughs) Come on. I, I feel like a Randy moment. Like, let's have our cinema etiquette come back, please. Because why are you looking at your phone? Why are you talking? Why are you filming in the cinema? Just just shut down for like an hour and a half, yeah, two hours. Maybe sometimes even two and a half hours. Be in the moment. Enjoy it. Like, please stop spoiling things. Yeah, like, let other people enjoy it too. Like, The reason why you probably thought that this movie was super impactful was because it was so suspenseful and you didn't know what was going on. And if you take that away from somebody, like, fuck you. The whole thing about enjoying Scream is the mystery of finding out and theorizing who Ghostface is. If you take that away from people, you're taking away an aspect of the Scream films, aren't you? And I will say, I thought that Scream 6 was one of the most suspenseful Scream movies that we have had. Oh my god. And the setting of New oh York as god. well. It is completely like, yeah, you've got some characters from Woodsboro, but like it's completely unrelated to Woodsboro. They feel like fish out of water. You know, they're not familiar with mm-hmm. their yeah. surroundings to an extent. It's and they're 
They're not at, not at home, essentially. You know what kind of annoyed me, though, is that it was shot in Quebec, which we talked about in the last episode, how Wes wanted these to be, like, American movies, and it, New York wasn't even shot in New York. <laughs> but it felt like New York, which... And I have a fucking problem with them putting out the poster where it shows the stab the musical and the Mackenzie murders. I'm not and even mentioning it. Not even doing it. They don't even I talk know. about them. Like, like, please give us stab the musical. Spencer told me that um he's gonna write one. Yeah, I'm gonna base Do it, it around writing. Do it. <laughs> Can we be like the press for that? Can we be yeah. Gail? Can we be the first to report Definitely. on it? Perfect. Oh my god, slay! But let's get into the synopsis for Scream Six. Four survivors of the Ghostface murders leave Westboro behind for a fresh start in New York City. However. They soon find themselves in a fight for their lives when a new killer embarks on a bloody rampage. Now, without actually, like, spoiling the first scene, like, the opening. Holy shit. What did we think of the opening? Holy shit. My jaw absolutely fucking dropped in that scene because it was so unexpected. This opening scene holy Holy shit shit. jaw on the floor i think it's become one of my favorites behind the first movie yeah we were watching it um val and i went to go see it on thursday and um i'm not gonna give away who it was but i was like that's that's that actor's voice like i know their voice Mm. and then it was that actor and i was like fuck wait what i'm confused what's happening right now yeah like like when away, uh, I I literally was like in my head. I was like, wait, huh? Like so early on, like what? And then we get the follow-on scene. It just keeps going. You know, it just doesn't stop. I think my jaw dropped so many times watching this film. It was unreal. <laughs> so this this opening scene, uh, without getting into spoilers, um. Megan and I have been talking a little bit about uh, Dario Argento lately uh, and some of his <laughs> some of his films. And uh, I don't, have you guys seen the movie Tenebrae? Mm-mm. This opening uh-uh. scene is like they condense that movie, that like two hour movie into 15 minutes. I think you guys should watch that because it is like a very, it, it's very similar. I mean, to this. do I need to now considering no, you've just said that? it is so good and so fucking weird and it's. Dario Argento at his worst with his Giallo films. It's so fucking good. I just really <laughs> laughed when they were talking about him. Like, I busted out laughing when they were like, that chode when they were talking about them liking Argento. And I, I was had, like, what does that say group, about me? People in my friend group <laughs> laughed at me when that name came up. Yeah. Down. But that ghost face, built different, dude. Built fucking built, different. Built very different. And. Obviously, the continuation of the opening scene, we get to an apartment with this character and we get a little cameo poster for the last podcast on the left. And oh my God. I was like <sighs> low key, like, why would I be friends with this person? They had like an Ice Nine no. Kills flyer and like a <laughs> Dracula poster. And I was just like watching Jason Takes Manhattan. And I was like, oh, uh, ooh. Got slightly longer <laughs> hair called out. And a mustache. Definitely called out. I yeah. felt very called out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then that scene as well, like the intenseness of it with the, I'm just going to say, hot and cold game. Oh my God. 
Oh. <laughs> it, remi- it reminded me why I love Scream so much, you know? Yeah, mm. no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie is so, so good. I love how it paralleled with the second movie because we see these kids and, like, we've been speculating why are they in New York? It's because they're going to college. They're growing up? They're moving on? Like, the opening for this was just spectacular. And then, obviously, after this, we see Sam again for the first mm. time. And she is sat down with a therapist. Mm. And basically, she's not really opening up to the therapist. And then the therapist is like, go on, just just try it. Open up to me. She trauma dumps the biggest trauma dump yeah. ever to like unload <laughs> oh on God. somebody. But at the same time, like this therapist is fucking weird because he's got horror film characters in like his living room. He's watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers later in the movie. Like he, yeah, this, this guy, he's a horror fan. He was also just a really bad therapist. I was gonna say like he had her file with her first and last name on it and like didn't know that didn't... any of this shit happened yeah. to her. <laughs> like, like he was like, okay, come this on, is too dude. much. Get out. This movie, after talking about Scream Five. I felt like this movie made me like Sam. They fleshed out her character more. Yes. They gave her less nonsensical interactions with Billy. And they just gave her yes. more depth. Like, she was yeah. warmer. I think, I don't know, remember who said that she was just cold in the last movie. She was very cold. They gave, they gave yeah. her some sense of heart in this movie. And I, I liked her. I liked how they developed all of the characters of the core four, to be honest. Core four. Core four. <laughs> See, I didn't believe her, her relationship with Richie, I think, was also something that felt cold because I just I didn't buy it, but her her relationship in this yeah. movie I thought was with very interesting <laughs> and very mature for her. But also the protectiveness she has of Tara and the way she's concerned that Tara is not really dealing with what happened to them in woodsboro like tara's just trying to like ignore everything that happened and just try and live like a normal college student which is what we see sydney try and do in Mm. screen two i think that tara's character more similarly mirrors sydney and i feel like sam's character is purposefully written to be the exact polar opposite of sydney i think she's unhinged she's she's daughter she's yeah she's Mm -hmm. She's everything that Sydney's not. Yeah. But like Tara gives us Sydney vibes for sure. And maybe oh, yeah. that's what they originally are trying were trying to do. Is I think so with give that us a maybe like a Billy and Sydney duo. Yeah. So like maybe they've learned from their mistakes of, you know, Scream Five and was like, okay, we need to give Tara like Sid Sam some more character really not yeah. just being billy loomis's daughter it's a weird like ray and kylo thing i think where the, you take like a, a legacy villain and then a legacy hero and you put them at like on the same team kind yes. of thing and that just goes into like scream five is the force awakens i don't know it's oh my gosh so is scream seven gonna be like the last jedi <laughs> no scream six would have been the last jedi can we talk about the last jedi guys no this Fuck. is not a star wars podcast not yet. um now <laughs> Now, <laughs> speaking of legacy characters, and I don't want to spoil too much, but how do you guys feel about how they wrote off Sydney in this movie? I think they couldn't have done it any other way. Correct. That's literally how I feel. Yeah. They they did the correct thing. Oh, 
But can we, before we get to it, can we talk about the Sam, Tara, and Gail interaction? We talk about Gail looks like a skeleton in this. Holy one. fuck! Literally, I yes. told the bell. I was like, I would have if I was Courtney Cox. I would have been like, pull out. Uh, I would not be like that close on my face. I thought she was a deep <laughs> fake at first. I didn't think she was there. Yeah. Whew. I I thought that their interactions were good. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but I love the 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 Tara. I was about to yeah. say the Tara moment was so reminiscent of the oh. earlier Scream films. I fucking loved that. <laughs> I loved honestly. I really enjoyed how they utilized Gail in this movie because yeah. Radio Silence is trying to pave their own Scream movies. They're trying to pave their way in this franchise. They're doing it differently, but I think that it's effective because they're taking these characters, dwindling them down so that we can have people like the core four, but still giving us characters like Kirby. They kind of replace Sydney with Kirby. It's a weird evolution that we're seeing going on, but they're making it work. In the first movie, I was kind of scared because of how they wrote their characters but in this movie yeah. you see them really grow i think it, they probably felt a lot of pressure taking on the franchise yeah. and they may have not done the best job i mean i'm not saying scream 5 was atrocious it's not like the best but they had a lot of pressure on their so- uh, shoulders to take on the legacy that wes craven carved out with scream and horror them you know doing scream literally as new directors and then them coming into scream six already established these characters that they could then you know carve out more and build Mm -hmm. upon because it's their characters where they don't have to you know try and deal with a dewey and a gale and a sydney whereas these are theirs so they can do what they want with them now we talked about hayden panettiere having a no kill clause so like we can't i mean like Sorry, spoiler, but Kirby doesn't die in this. I, if you didn't know that about Hayden Pantier, like, she never dies in any of her shit. So, like, no, that's to be expected. But one thing that I have an issue with in both Scream 5 and Scream 6 is their kill count. They cannot write off their characters, and it kind of annoys me. I really expected certain characters to die. Oh, yeah. And I kind of wanted them I to die. I think they owed it to us, personally. Yeah. Literally, though. Literally, though, because they kept so many people in Scream 5 that I was like, okay, surely. It went up the stakes. If this ghost face was really different, he'd get one of the guys he's supposed to get. I was going to say, and this ghost face was fucking brutal. This ghost like, face the was gore in this movie. Holy shit, the oh gore my... in this movie was insane. I... It was like a... Oh my like god. A movie. Oh. It really mm. was. And for the end scene in the shrine, for Ghostface to have done what they did to a certain character and have that ambulance scene at the end, I was kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I expected that character to die. The, the thing, it's the exact like... same scene from, from the fifth one. Like, it's so. <sighs> it's, it's annoying because. With Scream 2, they obviously killed off Randy and he was a fan favorite Mm -hmm. and it really shocked people. And whether or not they thought that was a good decision or not, it really, you know, cemented that Scream is to avert your expectations. And with, you know, Scream 6, I don't know without like saying too much, but like certain things should have happened 
And it felt like they chickened out with the end because maybe they didn't want to do a Randy. And I don't know if, if they make, made those decisions to subvert our expectations, which seems cheap. I don't know. Because uh, I feel like they knew that it was expected and wanted. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed oh, Screen 6. Too. It's now probably one of my favorite ones because the setting, the story arcs, the whole finger pointing as well. I can't wait to rewatch this one. Me neither. I'm so fucking sad because I went to go see it on Thursday and I was supposed to go see it on Friday and then I woke up Friday feeling like absolute dog shit. So yeah, I want to re-see this too when I'm out of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just, there's probably so many Easter eggs that you could see when you rewatch it because there's so many. Oh, I can't wait to get the DVD so I can fucking freeze the fucking frame and look at every little thing when they go to the the this was in the trailer so it's not a spoiler but the ghost face layer um oh my god i i cannot wait to look through every little thing and just i don't know i can't wait to go on the subreddit so other people can like freeze it frame by frame so i don't have to and look at every little thing yeah i do have a fucking issue i this makes me so mad when they show certain scenes in trailers and then when you watch the film and you're like, this motherfucker. If you, do you know what scene I'm talking about? They, they do that on purpose, though. But like one of the ending scenes? Yeah. Please don't fucking do that shit. Do not show me ending scenes in a trailer. Like, please, anything else but ending scenes. <laughs> the end of that movie, the character that snapped... Holy fuck, y'all. I was like, shit. If you know what I'm saying, if you know who I'm talking about, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see where Scream 7's about to take this. God, I'm so excited. Uh-huh. And Scream 7 has been greenlit. It's coming out next year. Yep, they've already greenlit Scream 7, so I will be interested to see if the kill count is any better in Scream 7, but who's to, who's to know? Yeah, but like, are they, in Scream 7, are they still going to be in New York? I, or are they going to go somewhere else? I want to go on a vacation. I want. I want it, it, tropical. It should be tropical. It should be, or they should go to like a Hawaii a ski <laughs> resort. Would be cool, like in the snow. A ghost face in like a snowy setting, would like be, until dawn. That'd be badass. I was literally I thinking until dawn. <laughs> with with Wendigos in it, also. I want Ghostface versus Wendigos. Ghostface is a Wendigo. <laughs> he kind of gives, yeah. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, but people become Wendigos when they become cannibalistic. That's a whole nother episode, B. I was about to say, (laughs) Mindy goes off on a tangent about how they're in a franchise now and things have changed. Oh, Mindy in this film, though. I was going to say, I think that Mindy carries the humor of both of these movies, Mm -hmm. like, on her back. Like, how has uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown not broken her back? Like... Holy Honestly, fuck, she's so good in this. I think radio is still radio mm. silence, isn't it? Yeah. I think they really upped the comedy in this, which is what I wanted from Screen 5, because obviously they did Radio Not, which has got great comedy in it. And that's what I wanted from them, because the Screen does have comedic moments. Oh, definitely. It does. It's a horror comedy. And with Screen 6, they gave me so many moments. Wow, it's like the difference with this screen movie is it wasn't Ghostface being a bumbling idiot. 
this ghost face was tactical it knew what was going on and it was the survivors that were bringing this guy was surviving out of spite and and revenge and he was jaded and he was bitter and this ghost face was he was different they were right about that one when he said i'm something different he meant Mm. that shit um so that was really cool to see i really enjoyed this reveal as well oh yeah everything with this reveal I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, Alice did. She called it within the first 30 minutes. She just turned to me. She's like, I think it's this person. And then when it was, I just looked at her face and she was like, told you. <laughs> I didn't see it coming at all. I thought that it was, it was good and solidified where I put Scream 6 in my rankings because of the ghost face reveal. Yeah, is there anything else people wanted to bring up about Scream 6? This was also in the trailer, but the uh, Gale getting a ghost face call, that was nice. That was great. That That whole scene. scene. Oh, had me on my edge. Gale's been through this five other times. She knows what to do. And she still served cunt in this one. She still did it. She Mm -hmm. sure did. She showed up and she did the damn thing. She did. The interaction with her and Kirby as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. Would they see I each other so for the first good. time? I loved that <laughs> little bit so much. That felt like Scream. The scene with Mindy and Kirby. Holy <gasps> shit, so good. <gasps> it was like, I my heart was filled with so much joy because Kirby, as we said, Kirby should have been the Randy or Scream she 4. She should have. So like, her interaction with Mindy, who is our Randy of the new Screams, it, it solidifies that she should have been our Randy. I just want to have, like, a slumber party with them. <laughs> Me too. Take that, take that as you will. But, yeah, I just want to have a slumber party with those two. <laughs> Me too. I did, I did count the kills. I'm just going to give the total and then... Uh, do you want me to give the breakdown or do you just want me to give the total? I, I don't think we should do a breakdown since we're doing a spoiler-free review. Okay, well, I will say it's the second most kills we've got in nice. Scream. 13 people were killed in this film. Damn. Yeah. Built different. Built different. Well, guys, we talked about doing this and I think that I'm ready. If you guys are ready, we have all three of us have come prepared with our definitive scream rankings including scream six now because of our text message thread normally v and i have like a pretty juicy text message thread when we're working on an episode but we've included spencer and we have a group chat between the three of us and v (laughs) you've set me off so i need to fucking know what is your definitive scream ranking are we going from our least favorite to our most favorite i think we should yeah okay 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 so you had to take off your um, sweater for this. I'm getting yeah, even more scared. I have to take off my take off my little <laughs> cardi. Um, some of them I will explain why I've put them in the rankings is where I did. Yeah, but I think they'll probably be pretty self-explanatory. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so my sixth place, my least favorite. I'm not saying right, disclaimer. I'm not like we're not saying these are fucking awful films. We're just saying that we have preferences to certain ones over certain other ones. I've said this on the podcast, like, Scream has no stinkers, like, no real stinkers. No. It's so consistent. No, but there are, mm-hmm. yeah, there are just ones that I would rewatch over other ones. I was going to say, mine is definitely based on rewatchability. Yeah. 
So my sixth place is Scream Free. Mm. Okay. I I didn't enjoy the ghost face reveal. I didn't really enjoy the setting. There were like okay moments in it, but it's not one I think about a lot, you know? Okay. Um, so my fifth placement is Scream 2022 or Scream 5. It's it's meh. We get introduced some, to some really good characters, but eh, it's just an overall meh film. My fourth placement, like my first to fourth placement changed a lot. Mm. So my fourth placement is Scream 2. Okay. My third placement is Scream 4. The only reason it's at number three instead of like my second placement is because there was a lot of deleted scenes for Scream 4 that were really, really good that did not make the final cut. And I think if they had made the final cut, it would have improved Scream 4 a thousand times more than what it already is. So my second placement is actually Scream 6. I fucking really enjoyed Scream 6. And yeah, yeah, this could change over time. It could go down. But at the moment, I thoroughly thoroughly loved scream six that it's at my number two placement and then number one is obviously the og itself scream oh thank god (laughs) i had to i had to tease you in the group chat you're such a bitch (laughs) i had to keep you on your toes all right so i i I totally understand where you're coming from on the rankings i mean we all have our own opinions and spencer I'm ready to hear your opinion on your definitive Scream rankings. Um, so I'm going to preface by saying my favorite is the TV show, actually. Um, and I've never seen any <laughs> of the Fuck movies. You. So there's that. And like like V said, my least favorite Scream isn't my least favorite Scream. Um, they're all good. But I'm going to put number three at the bottom just because I think it is probably the, not the most poorly made, but like the script is definitely weakest. the weakest. And yeah. They could have done a little bit different. They worked with what they had. So uh, that's going to move mm. up to uh, Scream 4 is my fifth placement. I, and I know you guys aren't going to agree with that. I don't, Why? So to me, like you guys said, rewatchability. This is the one I, I honestly have probably rewatched the least. I think it's really fucking good. But I don't know. To, to, to me, it's just like the ones I've rewatched the least. Uh, Emma Roberts, okay. I just don't vibe with her. I'd probably fight her if I saw her in real life. She played Psycho well because she is a fucking psycho. <laughs> um, and then that's going to move up to my, my uh, fourth placement is Scream 5. I like Scream 5 probably more than the average oh. fan just because I think it's a lot of fun. And like rewatchability, I've rewatched it a lot actually uh, after it came out. I think it's just a fun, it's a fun horror movie sequel. It could have been bad, but it wasn't. It's The Force Awakens, which I think is just, you know, it's kind of dumb fun. I'm going to put uh, Scream 2 at number three. I love Scream 2. Uh, that honestly, I think is, it's just such a good sequel to Scream 1 when they could have, you know, they could have made a, I know what you did last summer, but they made Scream 2. And then uh, obviously Scream 6 is going to be number two on okay. the list. I thought that was just so fucking cool. They took everything I liked about Scream 5 and just did it better this time. So that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. it was just more brutal. It was it was a really good personal story where I feel like three kind of fell flat from being personal. I thought Scream Six was really good and personal the way Scream Two is, and then Scream One is my favorite. That's like mm. obvious. I feel like um, both of your rankings were kind of similarly matched. Well, 
I mean, Scream 4 was a bit shocker to me. Yeah, that was kind of shocking, Spencer. And I was like, oh, (laughs) it's okay. We still love you. You're still our honorary third. Yeah, for now. Yeah, for now, Meg. All right. So coming in at number six, uh, Scream 2. I didn't like the ghost face reveal. I thought it was kind of corny. And also the scene where Sydney crawls out of the car and doesn't even unmask Ghostface like that is unlike Sydney I just thought that it was weak I don't know I didn't like Scream 2 and it's probably the one that I've watched the least number five is Scream 5 I'm just not connected to that storyline it's all right it's okay it's better than Scream 2 but it just like wasn't my favorite um so number four would be Scream 3 I just love how silly goofy it is. Like, I know that the Roman thing is kind of like, okay, I roll, like, shut up. If we could have deleted that part of the movie, solid gold. But you guys know me. I love silly shit. So, um, Scream 3. I, it has a place <laughs> in my heart. Um, number three would be Scream 6. That movie went fucking hard. Oh, yeah. Like, I was very fucking surprised how much I liked it, considering how I didn't like Scream 5. I thought that it was super brutal. I enjoyed the ghost face, but it just didn't beat out Scream 4, which is my number two placement. Scream 4 has like a place in my heart. It's silly enough, but still super brutal. I like the ghost face reveal and it gives me one of my favorite Scream characters, which is Kirby. And I fucking love Kirby. So I respect that. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that, um, Scream 4 was, like, one of those movies that when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, oh my fucking god. Like, I was engrossed in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah. But obviously, number one has to be the original Scream. I mean, it put the first domino, it smacked it down for everything to come behind it. It was the perfect lead-up for quite literally any of these sequels. Like, you could have put any of these directly behind Mm -hmm. Scream 1, and they still technically would have worked. It's just the best movie yeah. I think ever made. So it obviously had to be my number one. And I'm glad that all of us thought so. Yeah. I mean, I think me and you, Meg, have the most mm. similar list for sure. I was definitely debating between Scream 6 and Scream 4's yeah. placement. Like switching between the two. But like ours is the most similar because we had the shocker of Spencer's yeah. one of four. But it's so interesting how each one of us have like very like different placements apart from, you know, me and you had similar placements to Scream 5 and Spencer put it yeah. just up a little bit. But like it's still near the bottom sort of thing. Yeah, I think that Scream is such a versatile franchise because because you don't have a set killer. You don't have the Michael Myers or mm. the Freddy. Like it's constantly evolving, which makes every scream sequel that comes from scream 2 onwards work because you don't know mm. who's behind that mask and i fucking love that what is it the water yeah. in that universe that makes like these dumbasses think they can get away with it every time because like they never get away with it but like you've also got to look at like real life examples yeah. of people copycat killers they're doing copycat killings of people who probably got caught and then they get caught and they're like, wow, you obviously didn't learn from your predecessor that there are certain things you should get away with. And like, there is a point where you should just stop. Like, you should know when to or stop and get away all. with it. 
I also think that every ghost face that's followed Billy and Stu have some sort of, like, ego trip going on. Oh, definitely. Like, there's always some reason for them to want to come for Sydney, and I think that that's what made Scream 6 work, is they weren't coming for Sydney. They had a new motive to come for the core four, or Sarah, Sarah, Tara and Sam, I'm going to start calling them Sarah now. Um... They had a legitimate reason, whereas everybody else was going after Sydney. So I think that it worked that they were able to pivot from Sydney being the final girl um, to these two being the final yeah. girls together. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, because like in the first Scream, the motive mm-hmm. is revenge, it's, isn't it? Yep. With Scream 6, it kind of felt like it was going yeah. back to the roots. No, and yeah, so, definitely. Like, I was reading uh, an interview with Kevin Williamson, and he was like, he said he has seen the movie five times before it came out. He loves Scream Six, uh, and like he he's like, it was the first time he was excited uh, for a Scream movie because he this is one he hasn't worked on, and it was like really good because they did something different with it. With like, it's not revenge on Sydney; it's you know revenge on these other characters that have been introduced. Yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. super excited to see where this franchise goes. Spencer, when we cover Scream 7, you're definitely welcome to oh, join yeah. us. But I have been so thankful that you joined us because I've said this in our previous episode. Um, v and I love Scream so much, and you're the other person that I know that loves Ghostface just as much as we do. So I'm super honored that you were doing this with us. So thank you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, V. No, thank you. Thank you. No. no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so V, tell these people where they can find us. So we have a couple of socials. Don't know if you know. Um, we've got an Instagram at Horrorhunts Podcast, and then we've got a Twitter at Horrorhunts Pod. You can message us, comment on posts, you know, interact with us. We love that shit. And let us know what you like your thoughts were on Scream 6 as well when you've watched it. And, you know, if you wanted to give us spoilers, obviously in our d- DMs. Fine. In comments, no. Let's let's not spoil it for anyone. Yeah. Especially if you hated it. Please like, comment, and subscribe. (laughs) Spencer. (laughs) Well, I've had fun talking to you guys over the past couple of weeks about Scream. This has been my favorite couple of episodes because we were able to like bounce off of each other so well. So I had so much fun. Um, and I posed this question last time because I get to ask V every single time. But Spencer, do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? Um, I think I'm going to go back to like what I said last week. Just keep watching horror movies and go see them in theaters. Uh, you know, if you want to keep seeing stuff you like, you got to support the stuff you like. Watch more horror. That's a great yeah. final thought. Watch more horrors? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you can do that yeah. also. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys.